For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leaps. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And a lot has happened since our last show. It's been a while. Um, This is season three of our show, episode 14. Um, But yeah, the trade deadline seems like long ago. And um, it was kind of interesting for the Leafs. And of course, more recently, uh, Austin Matthews hit that 50 goal mark. And that was exciting. Oh, definitely. That was a a long time coming with the last two seasons. Um, You know, by all accounts, he probably would have done it, you know, a lot sooner, but he finally got it done. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he's going to probably make it to the 60 mark, if not very, very close. Um, Also, in the past couple of weeks, we saw the Leafs in a couple different uniforms. Uh, we got to see the St. Pat's jerseys again on right on St. Patty's Day yeah. this year. And also the Next Gen jersey, uh, which was unveiled, uh, which was a collaboration uh, with uh, Justin Bieber. Yeah, that was cool. What you, would you think of the Bieber uh, jersey? Okay. So I think when we first saw it, I remember I, I reserved the right to change my mind. At first, I didn't think I liked it too much. But then when I saw that it was reversible, I thought that was actually really, really cool and innovative and different. And so um, I, actually, I have to confess, yeah, I, I liked, I did buy one. Oh, you bought one? <laughs> really? Yes, oh I my did. God. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. How many jerseys bought, is that now? I bought. <laughs> you have. <laughs> okay. So, well, it's actually not that many. No? Uh, really overall, because I, I don't count my Dion Phaneuf jersey anymore. Um, but uh, I think that's but three uh, or four you for have current now. for current. Yeah. yeah, I have I have I have three. Yeah. So yeah, and this this time I got I got Marner because I associate the next gen games very much yes. with him. Yeah, you know, it's he's just got that youthful exuberance that I associate with it. Yeah. So I decided I don't have a Marner jersey yet. So that's the one that I yeah. got. I really liked, I actually liked the black. Like it really stood out with the white numbers, like the detailing on it. I thought it was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when they were like on the ice to, uh, as a team to see it like that. I thought that was really neat. And um, yeah, and actually it, so you contributed to this and when it was released on March 23rd, <laughs> I saw on Twitter, they said it was the top, that jersey was the top selling item on NHL uh, shop 
com, like in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. It was a top-selling jersey on that yeah. day. I, I thought that was great. And, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's totally selling out everywhere. And I mean, I even looked at, at other ones. Like you couldn't, I think because Marner and Matthews are the most popular, they probably made more of those, yeah. but you couldn't get like any of the other ones. Like the, I looked for oh, like, the, like, like the Riley, Riley one, yeah, for example, yeah. was sold out every, in everything. So, wow. Um, yeah. And we mm-hmm. just, uh, before we were, came on the show, we were actually talking about the Beebs himself um, and just... Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned to Sil how it was just great how in when he had his concert in Montreal earlier uh, or later late in the week last week I think it was on Friday night but um, yeah how he basically gave it to the Habs fans there and he and uh, he said something like how are you liking that playoff spot for you guys <laughs> right how are you enjoying that playoff spot meanwhile obviously the play the playoffs are not happening for the Habs and um and yeah. of course he was booed and everything but um yeah we just love or I, no, I just it's just great to to have a guy like that actually being a fan like you can see his his fan I love I love how he fan yeah <laughs> he is a, such a massive Leaf fan and I think he is like very much to the Leafs what Drake is to the Raptors. And I think even more so because like it's just through and through his love for this team. And um, I just even loved, you know, when he was at the game for that next gen game, you know, afterwards in the in the locker room with all the guys. And, yeah. you know, you can totally just see that his relationship with Austin, like it's 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 really a true friendship. So yeah. Um, yeah. anyways, I just. I think it's great. And um, yeah, he has definitely made a fan out of me. I'm I'm a fan of his now, yeah. you know, more for the for his Leaf fandom, I think, than his music. Well, I, I actually, I, I <laughs> told anyway. my niece, I said, I'm a fan of the Beebs now because he likes two things that I love, the Leafs and Tim's. <laughs> so I said, he's got yeah. me now. I said, right. I said, he has the Leafs and, and uh, Tim Hortons. So. That's that's all I need. But I mean, you know, I I like that he is gotten to a point in his life where he's obviously really comfortable in his skin. Uh, he's doing what he loves, like even like through his his Drew House brand. Um, you know, I just I I love that they're doing this kind of collaboration, and it's because he loves this. It's it's not because you know, some agent or um, somebody's telling him that yeah. he needs to do these yeah, things. Yeah. He's doing them because he wants to do them. And I think good for him, yeah. you know? Yeah. So what else, uh, what cut our eye from uh, well, the last couple of uh, in the, There's also over the past two weeks, let's getting back to the games <laughs> now. Um, there are also some stats that caught our eye. Um, Alex Kerfoot has set a career best for points in the season, uh, which is, you know, quietly putting together that, you know, like there's so much emphasis placed on that top line that we forget that there are other players, you know, that we just look at them and we think they're not doing enough sometimes, but they're putting together these career best seasons also. And Sheldon Keefe also got his hundredth regular season victory versus Dallas on March 15th in his, in his, 163rd game behind the bench, which is a team record for being the quickest to reach the 100 win mark as a coach. So yeah. that's also something um, pretty special as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Mitch Marner, who we were talking about a bit, uh, he hit a career best in goals in a season with 27, and he now has uh, 28 goals on the season. We're recording this podcast on the Sunday, so that was uh, that's uh, Mitch uh, adding something to his repertoire there, the shooting the puck, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and also for something different, I thought I actually I saw Captain John Tavares, his foundation. Um, the John Tavares Foundation, they put out a new cereal called Recipe 91. So it's available at Sobeys and the proceeds go directly towards the John Tavares Foundation, which helps kids reach their full potential. And I actually, I haven't tried it yet, but I went out and I bought a box of this cereal. So I'll let you know on, (laughs) I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably, we'll probably post it on social media. It has chocolate and coconut on in it. So I'm going to give it a try and I'll post it and on social media, let our listeners know. Like who, who makes the cereal? Do we know, like, is it like a, a, a brand or is it just? I don't know. No, it maybe? wasn't. It was, uh, it, it's interesting. I never thought there would be like cereal wars between <laughs> hockey players. Yeah. You know, I remember Gretzky had a cereal back in the day, I think. Yeah. Well, I definitely um, would not. Yeah. Like Marchand yeah. also has, I would just, has a cereal. I was just going to say, I would not buy his cereal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we're di- we're definitely not going to put any more money into his pocket yeah. for sure. Yeah. So before we move on to things, we do want to give a very special shout out to one of our fans and followers, Ryan Thompson from Atlanta, Georgia, who made a donation uh, to our Kofi page. Um, we are so thankful, Ryan. We are, we appreciate you so much. And um, we are really, really excited that you decided to help us continue producing this show. So just a reminder to everyone that all donations go towards helping us with the costs of producing the show and making it even better for you. So on also on our Kofi page, we have a photo gallery that you can check out with some personal photos from our time at Maple Leaf Gardens and other pictures from game action this season. Um, and another reminder, we also launched a new website this year, ladiestalkinleafs.com. So be sure to check that out as well. Uh, you can find videos on there where we were guests from on Hockey Time Machine, which is a YouTube show. And you can also find out more about us and the show there. Yeah. Um, and also we have a new blog section um, that we just added to our website. So our first topic, we did a book review on uh, Wendell Clark's book, Bleeding Blue. Um, Wendell was one of my favorite Leaf players growing up. So uh, it brought back a lot of great memories. And I tried to put that into the into the blog. Um, and a lot of great memories from the late 80s and early 90s. So um, yeah, check that out when you have time. All right, so let's get into the show because we have a lot to get into. So we're going to start things off with the good, the bad and the ugly. Then we will run our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel, and in our third period segment, we're going to get into some pre-playoff talk. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Good, the bad, the ugly. All right. It's actually been not so bad the last few weeks. Um, For my good, I have the two-game pack versus Florida and Boston. I mean, 
those two games to me were almost as close as you could get to, let's say, a playoff type uh, game. And I just thought in that Florida game, the change, because going into that game, that Nylander-Tavares combination, line combination was not working. And Keith changed it up for that Florida game and put um, Mikheyev up there with, with JT and, and, uh, and Kerfoot. So that, um, that Mikheyev brought a lot to that line. Anyways, he brought the speed and the energy and, and, and it just, yeah, it just made that line so much better. And those two games, they played with a lot of grit too. And in that Boston game, they were forced to play with 4D for basically half of the game. So that really showed their uh, resilience there. And um, yeah, and then, of course, the new acquisition um, for the trade deadline was the the Giordano effect, uh, bringing that calmness to our back end really... um, really stood out in those two games. You could really notice notice it there on the on the back end. So yeah, that's um I just really like those two those two games and I hope they can continue that. Even though I mean there were some question marks in goal, let's just say, but uh Jack Campbell came back, played his first game uh versus Philly last night, so he looked good. But um for those two games, uh yeah, the Shalgren played in the in the one um was that the Boston game that Mrazek got injured? Yes. Yeah. I think yep. it was where he got injured and Shalgren had to mm-hmm. come in. Which is that's a tough yeah. tough place to have to try to get into. Yes, for sure. Part way through games yeah. well. So Yeah, so a lot of mm-hmm. adversity in that to go through and um yeah, I don't know. It those two games really I think built a lot of confidence for the for the team too. So I'm uh th- that's my good. I th- I think so. I think so too. I have to agree. Um, the other thing is, is that it's, it's just typical, you know, with, uh, those are teams that are definitely, I would say, you know, on the more elite side of the, the, the teams and on the higher end of the standings. And we, we tend to play well and come to play against those teams. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's one problem yeah. that we do so seem to have. That's the only thing that, that does concern yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it showed that they can put it together and that they can put the pedal to the metal, you know, and basically not just ha- kind of hang on. They really, instead, this is like the first time I kind of seen that, have seen them sort of pour it on, you know, and not stop, not Take their take their foot off the gas, yeah. which is going to be a huge thing. Um, yeah, I think that they I, the Florida game was interesting because that's definitely different a, a similar style to what we play. So and very evenly matched. So if we end up against them, I mean, I definitely that's going to be you know a seven game series for sure. Yeah. Um, but I thought they looked really good against Boston and. <laughs> I I loved how they were also able to get under their skin, yeah. which is which is good. Yes. And they basically didn't get pulled into any crap either. No. So um yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. thought it some was some of good. that some of that is gonna be in my next section with the referees. But anyhow. <laughs> Let's move on to your good first. <laughs> so this it kind of moves 
into mine a little yeah. bit because I think part of the difference in these games was uh, my good, which was Mark Giordano. I actually really have seen and felt a big difference since he's joined our team. Yeah. Like not only has he made Liljegren look really good and kind of calmed him down, um, but he plays a different style than what we're accustomed to seeing, I think, because he's a very, you know, it's it's real simple old school yeah. defense yeah. that he plays. And it's, it's so obvious because you can tell that our team generally does not play that way. But adding him into the mix is is so huge. Um, even that game on uh, Saturday night in the first first period that shot he blocked was was great yeah. he's already scored a goal also amazing yeah. but he he does all the little things and gets his, himself in the right positions i think he's a, a great ad uh, yes oh yeah for sure i mean and he's keeping up which is yeah. which is fantastic too so you know yeah, I, well, that's I think thing. a lot he, of people were may, maybe worried that he's going to be too slow yeah. or something like that but yeah but but he's su such a smart player that he gets himself in the right positions, yeah. you know? Yeah. And when you're mentioning being slow, like I, like he, he, for me, he, he can, he moves up and down the lineup. I mean, when he, or he can move up and down the, the, uh, the defense, defense pairings like that night versus Boston when we, when we only had the 4D. Yeah. And we were down, yeah. right. He had to play like, a bit like quite a bit extra than uh what what he i mean i don't i think he had top close to top ice time too with um with seattle so i think he uh he mm -hmm. he was one of their top pairing defensemen there so i don't think it's not like he hasn't played but uh just the communication factor too like Morgan Riley was saying yeah. how he's communicating with every, like, especially with Lilligren, obviously with the defense partner, but he, um, yeah, he's mm -hmm. really, he's communicating, making sure they both understand where they need to be and, and what he's thinking on certain plays. And, uh, and also he can shoot the puck, like from the point I'm noticing, like he's been on the power play yes, a couple of times, definitely. which is something that mm -hmm. we don't have. Um, we didn't have before right. we got him, uh, quite a bit. So yeah, it's gonna And I, I did like that. I like that switch that they made on the second power play too, that they have 2D on that one. Yeah. Uh, I do actually think that has made a difference with our transition back into the game, um, after the power play, because I think Keith was saying that he was feeling like that last 15 seconds is kind of lost, you know, right. and not productive. Yeah. And I think that that has made a difference too. Yeah. The fact that they have someone that they can put out on those situations. Yeah. So. Yeah. To go back to the two, the two defensemen you're saying, right? Like the way Keefe is putting yeah. the two defense. Yeah. Which yeah. is more traditional. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 We mentioned that, I think, on a show a while ago. <laughs> I think we we're saying maybe when the power play wasn't going so well, maybe we should go back to that old style with the two defense mm -hmm. on, on the point. But yeah. 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 So yeah. And he got his so, first goal. Seeing as a, yeah. So that's good. So it's all, that's really yeah. good. So I, I think that there's just more good things to come with, with that ad yeah. uh, to our roster. So I was, I was thinking that since you're bad and ugly kind of <laughs> flow together. I wonder if I should give my my bad first so that All right. we're not going back and forth on yeah. that. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So so my bad, which again, I mean, how much bad stuff has there been over this last little while? Not that much. My bad is the fourth line, which I'm going to say 
again, like I said, it's not it's not so bad. And we've had a little bit of production recently out of it. That's with, why I was again, I was interested in finding with, out what with, you're going to say here because I wasn't. Uh, I'm like with what? Blackwell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and then um, and then Simmons got a goal finally. Okay, so. <laughs> Yes. So, but I guess that is my bad is that we, it seems to be kind of hit or miss. They don't necessarily have a, a real regular line there that you can count on to contribute every night. So there's been for, for as many good things they they have done, there've been some more not so great things, Yeah, you know, and, and up until last night, I think nobody would argue that Simmons was has not been playing great and and deserved to definitely sit out the other night for sure. And now Spezza got a little bit of time away. It's I'm my think feeling of it is is that it's it's not necessarily that the line is bad, is that it's bad that they don't necessarily know what the hell they're doing with that line yet. Yeah. And that line yet doesn't have an identity. And in the playoffs, I think you really need Yeah to have consistent performance out of that group. So obviously, you know, Keith has got the blender out and he's making a lot of changes and he's trying different things, but we don't yet know what that group is going to look like on that bottom three uh, going into the playoffs. And so to me, that is the bad part of it is that, you know, on some nights they're that Colin really, really. I, I'm impressed. Pulling with, up the yeah, rear. I'm impressed with that Colin Blackwell. Blackwell? Yeah, the, yeah, since he's come over, he mm-hmm. he's similar to Michael Bunting in a way. I think um, with his energy yeah. and the way he's uh, he go, he's goes in on on the corners and he's always talking yeah. and <laughs> and it's refreshing. He finishes his yes, checks. Yeah. Yeah, so I was actually surprised <laughs> when they took him out for that uh, for the one game yeah. and they had Clifford in there with Simmons and Spezza. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it is the blender thing that Keith is doing and he's trying to get the right combination. But now is the time to do that, let's just say, like even with exactly even with the other mind you last night versus philadelphia i was wondering what the hell was going on because he was uh keith was putting the line blender on for the top three lines too or the top for the two lines mm-hmm. right and and i was and then i they said that it was because matthews and marner stayed out on the power play or something like that when they shouldn't have that's why he did that he mm. wanted to Mm-hmm. Send a message, I guess, to say reel them in and yeah. say, uh, "Excuse me, I'm the one who decides how long you yeah, play on the power play, sort of thing, right?" So, but yeah. yeah, no. In terms of the fourth line, I'm hoping Blackwell. I'm thinking it's going to be Spezza, Blackwell, and Simmons. Like that's who I think is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you do? You think that Spezza will be uh, in center or or playing the wing? Probably on the wing, I think, because Blackwell, he played pretty well at center there um, when he was when. I think that you can get more out of him in that position and possibly more out of Spezza in the wing spot. Yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't mean that Spezza won't take the face off still. No. You know, he's obviously really, really good at that. And he goes, Spezza sometimes um, goes on the PK too, like with the uh, taking the draw and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, Mm -hmm. but I think... um, but hopefully Keith will stop with the line blender at some point because that's hard yeah. for the players too to figure out what the hell they're doing, right? Like, 
Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is the injuries still. It's it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I keep people hearing talk about our, our possible lineups, which we're going to get into, but there's still people that are expected to be back in the lineup. So, yeah. you know, where, where, you know, where are they? Where are you going to? Yeah. Where are they going to go? You know, like, um, yeah. so yeah. anyways, it's interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get back, get to your bad and ugly, and ugly which, okay. which kind of are, you know, rolls they're, into each They're other. both. I couldn't figure out a real bad one over the past couple of weeks anyways. But to me, the worst thing over the past couple of weeks has been the refereeing. The refs have just, they've, I've lost my mind with them sometimes as to what the hell they're doing. Um, and... I keep saying, and this this is league wide too. It's not just just oh not yeah. just our team. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. they've they've just been bad. Yeah, but there's in some general. interesting stats. I want to get these stats first. I have to say, so um, I saw on Twitter the um, the Leafs. I could not believe this. Over, I have to find these. Hang on, I wrote them down. Sorry if I'm uh, I'm taking a couple of minutes here to to get these <laughs> these stats. But while I'm looking for them, I'm just going to say. The biggest one, obviously, was that issue with Taylor Hall and um, where he basically sucker punched um, Labushkin from the, as the player was skating away from him. And mm-hmm. what I mean, thankfully, Labushkin came back versus Philly. He was only out a couple of games. But um, what I think happened there, like I think Taylor Hall basically, yes, he might not have like it might not have been a blatant punch right in the face it was to the side of the head Mm -hmm. um but i think he got him with the thumb of the glove which is really hard and that's what really caused Mm -hmm. the um the injury but um it's to me i i just don't understand how he didn't even get a penalty for that like it was just ridiculous no i know it was ridiculous and i know it is ridiculous if he, if he's leaf, he gets the th- the book thrown at him regardless. Like, do you remember when Ty Domi um, suckered Samuelson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was how many games he got. I mean, okay, obviously that's a different kind of player, but even then, that 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 the games that he got, which I think was like twenty three or something like that, is way more than anybody else in the league at the time would have probably got because of the jersey that he wore. So this is like not something that is different at all from anything that, you know, we're used to in the past. But yeah. it's it's definitely if because even look at even just this year, Spezza getting six games yeah. for yeah. What, what he did. Yeah. You know? Okay, I found the stats finally. All right, so all right. In the last five years, for Le- the Leafs, in penalties drawn per sixty, let's say per sixty minutes of the game, the penalties drawn. The last five years, in twenty last year, they were twenty third out of thirty one teams. The highest they've ever that's the highest they've ever been. So like they're they've been below that to say that they've drawn penalties. In, in the whole league, out of the whole league, that's how many, mm-hmm. that's like, that's to me is insane over the last five years. I didn't want to give the whole stats. Tampa has been no lo- lower than seventh. So they've obviously got a lot of calls, like a lot of penalties drawn for them. Colorado has been first five years in a row. 
Like they've they've had. Mm-hmm. So I think Nas effect there. Maybe Nas because he left Toronto. Now he's getting all the calls there. The last couple of years, mm-hmm. I don't know. And Florida has been uh, second um, for a couple of times for a couple of uh, for a couple of years. They've been second in penalties drawn in the league. But we're all the way down at twenty third or lower. Last year, I think we we're twenty ninth. And so obviously, I don't know, to me, that sent me a little bit of a a signal there that something's not adding up as to, and, and we have a team that's a possession team, like a, like to possess the puck. I know. So we always have, so how is it that we have the puck all the time and people are trying the, the whole name of the game is to get that puck off of us and there's never any infractions. And then, unless it's Michael Bunting, who is at the who's at the top of the league for for penalties drawn, and that still doesn't get us any higher than twenty third. Right. Yeah, and and versus Boston again with that idiot. The we were talking about his lovely cereal there, Brad Marchand. He basically like twice he cross checks John Tavares at the end of the period, like the game was even on, it was at the end of the period. He was just basically doing his usual thing, trying to suck Tavares into taking a penalty. But I mean, the cross checks were not like lame either. They were like, they were, they were cross checks. And of course, like they had a little discussion Tavares did and and Marchand, but he didn't get a penalty. Marchand gets away with it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. like, what do we have to do? And then even, uh, when I wrote a comment here on Twitter, Darcy Tucker chimed in actually on Twitter. It was hilarious. When <laughs> he's like, he's like, and I can picture him in, he likes to imitate on TSN sometimes when he's interviewed, he likes to imitate coach Pat Quinn um, and, okay, and how yeah. he used to talk. He's like, Oh, Pat Quinn would not be happy with the St. Patrick's Day refing, he said, right? Because again, on even on that, <laughs> and he had, I can just see him in that Irish act, trying to imitate the Irish accent, right? But um, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. And versus Winnipeg, speaking of bunting, versus Winnipeg, bunting gets cross-checked in the head at the start of the period, the very like he hadn't even done anything like we talk about bunting and like what how does he make himself so annoying to people but i mean this was like three minutes into the game versus winnipeg and he didn't even have time to get his good bars yeah exactly and the guy cross-checked him to the head and the guy got nothing the defense i don't know who it was on winnipeg and i was like Okay, there's just something wrong here. Anyways, for, so to me, I, I don't know. I don't know. They had apparently a meeting with the referees at this general manager's meeting in Florida um, mm-hmm. earlier last week, whether or not that does anything. I know Kyle Dubas just, I guess the media was trying to get something out of him, obviously, and he just smiled <laughs> when when he was asked mm-hmm. about the refereeing. He just had a nice smile about it, but uh, he didn't say anything because obviously he doesn't want to get his fine. But But you know... I honestly think that they should, you know, they're they're a a wealthy organization. They can afford the freaking fine. I think they need to step out of the box and say something and take the the bloody fine. Yeah. Because that it's out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's definitely, at least for a while, it's probably going to put the microscope on them even more. And then they're going to have to reel it in and and do a better job because. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what they're doing now is not bringing, not shining a light on it either. So no, maybe that's what they need to do. 
I don't know, but I've had enough of it. And I mean, it's not going to get any better, obviously, in the playoffs. They don't call anything, right? But they're always going to call something on us, probably, right? So, um, yeah. But I mean, in that regard, maybe the fact that they're used to the abuse already and not, you know, having to play through it, maybe that's a good thing because they're not going to get the calls uh, going their way in the playoffs even more so. So, and I mean, there's no way that, any of the of the teams that we play want us to take power plays either. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. 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 But. And in fact, I am almost like when we when we go on the penalty kill now <laughs> that <laughs> I'm almost like, you know what? I think we should take we should take more penalties ourselves yeah. because I don't think that anybody would want want to be against us in in that situation either. Yeah, and actually, tell you the truth, that leads right into our next thing here. Um, last we checked, the Leafs are actually leading the league in shorthanded goals with twelve, and uh, one of them made our ladies talking Leafs highlight reel. So let's roll it. All right. So yes. I don't think I have ever remembered a time when we have led in this category. So it is a breath of fresh air. And another person who is a breath of fresh air is in our number three spot. And that is Ilya Mikheyev versus the Devils. He had a beauty goal on a shorthanded effort where he used his speed down the wing and then cut in and went to the backhand and put it past the Devils goaltender. Honorable mention also goes to Mikheyev's goal versus Florida, which the Leafs named the Cobra special on their Twitter account. <laughs> so yes, he has definitely been on fire yeah. and using all of his tools to his advantage. And yes, that was an incredible goal and a really, really good way to start our highlight reel se- segment. Yeah. yeah, he has four shorthanded goals, Ily Mikheyev, the soup man. And um, I know. Just his speed. It's his specialty. Just his speed going down the wing. And now he's got this thing. His move is cutting into the net and trying to towards the net and trying to deke the goalie in that. So he's Mm -hmm. got a and he's so he's a big guy. So he's it's hard to handle. And uh, yeah, and he's he's really uh, he's really making impression. So uh, impression. So that's uh, he's in our number three spot. So number two, we have Mitch Marner, one half of the dynamic duo. One half of the dynamic duo uh, is just doing what he does and getting his name in the Leafs franchise record book. He's got the fewest games to 300 career assists. Marner did this in 411 games. Um, Borea Salming held this record uh, doing it in 469 games previously. I mean, you have to hand it to Mitch because he's... This season, he's definitely become more of a scoring threat. Um, that was even shown last night, uh, I guess, versus Carter Hart. Um, when he passed it over to Matthews, like Hart was playing the shot coming from Marner, which most of the time they don't. They're going to look at, obviously, number 34 for the shot. But uh, anyhow, and he he in that case, he actually did end up passing it over, but it looked as though he's going to shoot it. So, um, yeah, he now has, Mitch now has 28 goals, which is a career high for him. And, yeah, the goal that I actually loved was the two-on-one with Matthews versus the Bruins. And Marner one time did into the net to make it 4-1. That, to me, was just, it was great. We just love beating the Bruins, especially in Boston. (laughs) Oh, gosh, absolutely, absolutely. But 
the thing that blows my mind about Mitch, and this is more of a comment on on his season because this is like an incredible stretch that he's on, is is would we ever have thought that this would happen the way he started the season? You know, after his first twenty four games, he has he was sitting with six goals and fifteen assists, only twenty one points oh, yeah. in those twenty four games, and everyone was hating on him and. A hundred percent. And we're so forgetting that. So, and then I just, I clipped a little section from an article that was written on January 8th. I want to read it to you, to you and our listeners. It says, following the Maple Leafs game in Arizona, after 35 games, Marner would have missed nine games due to injury and COVID. Thus far, he scored at a pace that would give him 17 goals, 42 assists and 59 points by the end of the season if he stays healthy. That would make the 2021-22 regular season the worst season in Marner's career. <laughs> That's what was written in January, which is like basically, yeah. you know, three months ago. Yeah. Okay. And since then, he has set a Leaf record with 60 points in his last 33 games, which is now the most points in that stretch of games in Maple Leafs history, surpassing Daryl Sittler, who had 58 in that same um, amount, and Lanny McDonald with 57. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so it's it's unbelievable. And how soon these the bashers forget. I mean, we've mentioned this before, like to say, where are they now? These bashers that were saying, oh, yeah, trade him for a bag. Quiet. Of, they're they're a lot like Hab fans. Those those yeah, Marner they're, bashers. they're like bandwagon. They kind of disappear. Bandwagoners, basically. So, um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Mitch is uh, just doing his thing. And we just and they have something going there with with AM 34. uh like it's not I know it's obviously all about the playoffs, um, but like mm-hmm. I think they got their their heads on straight. It's not just about the points for them in, in this in this season. No, so I think they're I they're going for something more. And uh you can you can see that in the way just the way they're going about things. But who's number one? Our number one is obviously Austin Matthews, uh, with his fifty goals. So obviously the goal itself was an empty netter, so not that big of a highlight really uh, for a moment for Matthews, but for a franchise that is over a hundred years old for him to be only the fourth player to get to 50 is a huge deal. And now he is going to be climbing over that. And I'm sure that Rick Vives um, record of 54 is going to fall in short order. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I think that he was glad to get the, that done and over with. So the talk can just, you know, end on that really. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that he yeah. would have done it the last two seasons, one of the last two seasons, oh, if it wasn't sure. because of yeah. all the COVID and everything else, the shortened mm-hmm. things, like mm-hmm. he just, he just wanted to get it done. And I really hope that the Leafs somehow bring Rick Vive into the conversation, like to, and like to have him at, yeah, at the building at some point. I mean, we don't have a lot of home games left, but hopefully the, mm-hmm. the organization, does something because like he's really Rick Vive is really on social media and everything. And in his, um, any media availability he does on talk shows and that he, uh, he really says like he wants to hopefully have the opportunity to congratulate him personally, uh, to congratulate Matthews personally and, um, yeah, and kind of pass the torch basically to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, they did have him at a game recently for yeah. the, the Leafs troops. 
segment. And that's the first time like we've seen him in in the alumni jacket, I think like ever. So the fact that they brought him in for that, hopefully that means that, you know, kind of he's sort of brought back into the fold and yeah. they're going to, yeah. you know, I mean, he's a former captain there to, too, and, to help Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Always- they, they do need to celebrate him more. Like he's kind of the forgotten. It's like every, everybody that is part of those early 80s, 80s yeah. teams is sort of kind of the forgotten people, you yeah. know? And it's not until Wendell kind of came into the fold that people kind of started, you know, paying attention to them again. And there's this this gap between Daryl Sittler and Lanny McDonald yeah. and Wendell Clark that is completely, you know, people like, have erased yeah. that. Yeah. And they shouldn't. I you mean, know? it's it's actually 40 years ago, I guess, March 23rd, I think it was 40 years ago that... Uh, anniversary of of rick five scoring that first 50 goal he did it three times too like i mean it's not like he did it that mm-hmm. one time that I know. was like one and done kind of thing but the thing going back to and considering there's not much to celebrate at that time like oh it was huge you should be celebrating yeah. that yeah. and yeah. the thing with matthews going back to him because it is his moment obviously scoring 50 goals just the way yes the way he scores the goals i mean it's not just one way that he does it and we've talked about before how he practiced is his craft in the summertime, all these things that he works on. But mm-hmm. Luke Fox of Sportsnet, he actually broke it down, uh, his 50 goals this season. That He had 22 wrist shots, four, sorry, eight snapshots, seven backhands, six tips, five slap shots, and two wraparounds is how he... Uh, how he broke down the uh, the fifty goals. So um, well, and he doesn't even have the empty. I know that's there. what I thought. He has two of I those, <laughs> which he didn't have. Like he he was not like I, I guess he let uh, you know uh, Hyman be the empty net specialist. You know, but now that he's not there, he's kind of you know figured okay, I can get a couple of those too. Yeah, yeah. So he's got those as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was sick. anyway. So it's definitely just so versatile and with his shot, which really sets him apart from pretty much everybody. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, so it's it's obviously great that the team is getting on a roll as we get closer to the end of the regular season and with only 14 games left before the playoffs for our segment of the third period, we are going to get you ready for that with some pre-playoff talk. Yeah, so I don't know about you, Sil, but I'm a little bit worried with this Leafs goaltending situation going into the playoffs. Um, uh I know, like, Jack Campbell played well last night. I, like, it's, what worries me now is that basically we only have, in our entire organization, we only have three healthy goaltenders, and that's counting Jack Campbell as well. So we have mm-hmm. him, Hutchinson, and uh, and Shalgren, Eric Shalgren, who's, like, 25 years old and, like, has basically the few games this regular season. He's played well, although that last game that he had was a little bit shaky um, versus Winnipeg. He w- he didn't look very mm-hmm. confident in, in that game, but we managed to obviously <laughs> score a lot to, 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 and we managed to come back after getting down to nothing. But um, yeah, I'm, I just, and I just hope because Jack Campbell is injury prone as well, knock on wood, that he... Like he after last night's game, he came out and said he was perfectly fine. He felt great and everything. So I just hope that continues. But if something happens in the playoffs, I don't know. Um, like Michael Hutchinson is basically our next guy to go 
between the pipes. And um, I don't think that he'd be the next guy. I think that they put Shulgren in. But like, oh, definitely. I definitely think think so. I think Mrazek has played his last game as a Leaf. Unfortunately, it just hasn't. A hundred percent. It just hasn't gone well for him. The karma, for whatever reason, has has not been with him. And I don't know, the, the ghosts, the Leaf ghosts, don't like him for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. But poor guy, I feel for him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was an experiment that has definitely him, gone way wrong. Yeah, him and the Nick Ritchie um, one. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Basically, those are the two. Yeah. I've already forgotten that he's played on our team, Nick yeah. Ritchie, by the way. He's like, he's such an afterthought now. Anyway, um, as far as how I feel about the goaltending situation, I... um. You know what? I actually think that this time off and away for Campbell could be a good thing. And I think they didn't rush him back for that reason also. Yeah. I think that they've taken their time. He's had lots of time to practice, kind of, you know, get his body and his head right. And I think, I think he's going to bounce back. I do really, really believe that. And I, I, I hope to God that he doesn't get hurt. Knock on yes. wood. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. cause, uh, um, Joseph wall, it's hilarious though. Joseph wall has an injury. Like he played pretty well too. Like when he came up earlier yeah, in the season, did. but now he has a shoulder injury. But he's another guy. He's injury prone yeah. too. Like I, I just think he's got that, that lanky body type that is probably really hypermobile and it, I don't know, but all of our, all of our goalies seem to be injury prone because then Ian Scott, Ian Scott has only played, seven games in the last three years because he's been injured. And he was like the top, he was like the top goalie in the Western hockey league Mm -hmm. a few years back when, but seven games in three years, I was just like, we don't have much luck. Even if we wanted to, like we've talked about homegrown talent and developing in our system, the goalies, Mm -hmm. like we just don't seem to have much luck when it comes to these uh, goaltenders. I don't know. And um, yeah, I just, I really just hope that we don't, well, you're saying it's probably going to be, you think it's going to be Shalgren, Eric Shalgren in the net if, if something does happen. I do. But uh, hopefully not. And I mean, you never know. He could be the, the next Felix pot fan. Like, yes, he's been a little bit shaky, but look, remember how shaky Felix was in some of those playoff games? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And shelled and totally decimated in some, but they have a similar temperament. Yeah. They're both cool, calm, don't show a lot of emotion uh, unless they're, you know, in a fight with another goalie. We're yet to see if Shulgren can do that. But um, you never know. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. In in the playoffs, sometimes it doesn't matter if you get shelled like that. Look how far we went with a young guy like that back then. I mean, if if it came down to that... They they could still go a long way with yeah. with somebody that's well he's you know younger yeah. and inexperienced. Yeah, and obviously we have a more veteran team now too. So we've been through, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. what we've uh, gone through already. So I'm sure that uh, they would um, like the coaching staff, like and the goaltending coach, they they'd uh, they'd help him along. But uh, yeah, I, hopefully we won't get to that point. And and Jack can't. He looked good last night versus Philadelphia. So. Uh, let's hope that continues. Mm-hmm. But uh, what else are we going to talk about? Yes. So, if, well, we're going to talk about, you know, who we want to see the P- Leafs play in the first round. So that's that's a, such a tough, tough call. It is right but now. I yeah. think 
we, I don't know. I'm not even sure like where we, like who we would be playing right now. This is, would it still be Tampa right now? Yes. That we'd be playing. Yeah. 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 So that's the team that I don't want to play. I think. Right. Um, how, unless, but you know what? I don't know. This is why it's really hard to say. I don't want to play them because obviously they have the experience and everything of winning the last two cups. However, statistically, over this last, you know, stretch since January that we've been talking about with, you know, the way our team and some of our stars have been playing, their stars have not been com- playing commensurately as good as ours. Statistically, they haven't been that great over this last three months. Yeah, but for me, though, so they're saving they're not themselves necessarily, that way. They're just... That's what I was just going to yeah. say is that that's, that's what you got to worry yeah. about that, you know, they're not, they're not pushing the pedal to the metal right now because they know what to do. Yeah. And so who are you choosing so, then if you don't? Yeah, so I think you don't, you don't want to see. T- honestly, I want to play Boston. Yeah. All right. I'd like to play Boston because I actually think that over a seven game series, you know, even just, I mean, okay, we'll see a little more because we're going to play them again. Um, and that last game is probably could be for a, a lot yeah. of marbles. Yes, yeah. And that could be like the first game in an eight game series, potentially, maybe instead of seven. But um, I actually think that we could get it done against them this time around because talk about goaltending. You know, yeah, they're this is the thing I, I hate about, you know, watching games sometimes on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. They're going on and on about how great their young goalie is, you know, and then he lifts. he's he's unproven, untested. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between our, our goalies and a goalie like that? Like nothing, you know, he's nothing special. Yeah. So, yeah, I know lately, you know, on, I, I don't like you're saying uh, lately on Hockey in Canada, they seem to be Chris Cuthbert. I used to like him, but he's he's changing into a Jim Houston almost again, like with his commentary of. Well, they, they, it must be a directive, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's to true. not show bias. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To tell you the yeah. truth, like because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I was actually, I was hoping for Boston as well, surprisingly enough. Um, that's yeah. who I'm hoping, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be Tampa. And yeah. I'm worried, the only thing yeah, I'm worried probably. about that is, well, if we get home, I, we have to get home ice somehow in that case. Like we got to still stay on a roll here and focus on getting home ice. Yeah. That will be very important in that series. The other thing that'll be important is Sheldon Keefe not getting out coached. Because John Cooper, yes. John Cooper is he's a brilliant, brilliant coach, and he it, it's really going to be a tough matchup for Sheldon Keefe. And I mean, if he couldn't even the guy's fired now that Ducharme in Montreal, he couldn't even beat him with his uh, mm-hmm. like with his line combinations and 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 uh, and that. But um, and just the game, I think keeping up with the game. Sheldon Keith in that series, he didn't get out coached by Ducharme. He he out coached himself. Out. He just made it too complicated for himself. Yeah, you know he did too much, too much stuff. I think. So yeah. and um, the year before, yeah, I don't, Tortorella don't was think... there in Columbus, right? In his first year, yeah, yeah that was his first year. I'm we're willing. To, I'm willing to give him a pass for that first the bubble one or whatever with Columbus, yeah. but. Last year, uh, obviously, it was it was devastating sort of thing. And now, if he has to go against John Cooper, like that's going to be an ultimate test um, for him. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I I hope. I mean, not to say that uh, what's the guy's name in Boston? I forget his name. Cassidy. <laughs> Cassidy. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, he. Uh, not to say that he's obviously not a a, a really good coach as well, but. 
It would it would just yeah he's no, no slouch but it would just be nice to to beat them. It's just that whole thing like mm-hmm. Chicago and Vancouver had that thing years ago when Chicago was always yeah. beating them and um yeah but I don't know it's going to be tough to get pa- past the that first round that's that's the that's the big test. Well that's it doesn't matter the thing, who they it's, play. It's, the one I, team I don't want to see I hate that one team I don't want to see for sure is Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's the same with me. Like I don't want to have to play them. Um, yeah, I think that would be, they're just, what is, it's hard with them because they're so sound defensively, but they're so unpredictable too. And Brindamore is definitely a rallier, you know, like he can get his team up, you know, like no other coach I don't think in the league can. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely don't want to play them either. And in and, and Florida, I'm kind of iffy about because yeah. it's, they're sort of in the same boat as us as far as needing to get over the hump. And so, you know, I mean, it would make for a great series for sure, because you've got two desperate teams, really. Yeah. Um, one of, the, one of them will I, break, I hate that break the their six- record, basically, or their playoff, uh, yeah. playoff past... Uh, demons i guess i just i don't like the system because i don't like that you're basically eliminating like the this is the thing with with uh nhl playoffs the the first rounds are basically should be the stanley cup yeah. it's the opposite of on how the nba does it right you know yeah the first rounds are like nothing yeah you know who nobody even cares about them and now you're you're gonna basically you know eliminate all the um, good teams. Potentially a team that could go all the way. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. We still got some time to figure that out with the with the standings. They're, they're really tight. So um, like you said, it might come down to that last game versus the Bruins on April 29th when it comes to figuring out who we're actually going to play and whether or not we'll get home ice. Um, and let's get into the games that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right, so we're in the last month of the season, if you can believe that. It feels like it's been a pretty long year, and the next couple of weeks will once again be very busy. We are recording this podcast on Sunday, as we mentioned, and the Leafs are headed to the state of Florida for back-to-back games versus Tampa and Florida before heading to Dallas. Then they're going to come home for three uh, versus a couple of non-playoff t- playoff teams and the Habs and Sabres before they face the Washington Capitals on April 14th. Yeah. So I just think... This is going to be a tough week. Yeah. It's going to be a tough week and we have to beat the Habs. <laughs> I'm like skipping over these two games Yes, um, for the Florida uh, road trip, but we, I mean... Well, we have to beat the Habs and the Sabres at least once. I don't think we've beaten them once. I know the Habs we have not, I don't think. And uh, the Sabres, I don't think we have either. Like we, it, Or maybe it's just the most recent games that are in my mind and that we've blown um, that, that. But I want them to win those games. Those are points that we need. We've lost so many points losing to non-playoff teams. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Washington Capitals game... I don't know. That one's going to be interesting because they're in a wild card spot right now. So, um, mm-hmm. but there's really not like in the East, everything is set in, for the playoffs, basically. Like it's, it's just yeah. positioning really. It's just position. Yeah. yeah. The West mm-hmm. is much more interesting that way to say that the wild card, 
wildcard spots are still up for who's gonna who's gonna be in there. But um, but yeah, no, I mean it's always always. I guess with Ovechkin there, I, I don't know where he is, how far behind he is in the Rocket Richard Trophy. I think he's a little bit. He's dropped off a little bit on the on the standings that way. So I mm-hmm. think it's more um, Matthews and. But he's still within shooting distance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, and it's he he he's the kind of guy that can put together a few multi multi goal games and yeah end up right close to the top. Again, yeah, so. that's true too. But um, yeah, we just we need to get home ice. So if we can win them all, that would be great. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, after the Caps, we again we have. Uh, Leafs have three games, again, versus non-playoff teams uh, in the Senators, the Islanders, and Philadelphia again. So, yeah, I mean, those are the... We just got to get her Yeah, we got to get... I mean, obviously, we won't... Let's just... Well, those three, maybe we win win them all. But um, we got to get as many points as we can so that we can get that home ice. And and you never know, depending on what happens in that Florida game on Tuesday versus the Panthers, um, we could still be in the running for first in the division, which is what their goal was, I think, from the beginning. But uh, depending on what happens in these two games in Florida, that's really going to tell a lot whether or not first place is still up for grabs for us. So... Like you said, with the exception of maybe first place in the in the Atlantic, like we mentioned before, the division standings are tight. And hopefully when we get to our next episode, the Leafs will still be in the hunt for home ice in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, that's that's all. So all those fans out there, it's all about the playoffs. It's happening soon. So we're wrapping it up here after listening to our show. We would appreciate it if you could leave us a review. Both Apple and Spotify have a listener option to leave a rating or a review, and it's important because we want to hear your thoughts on the show, and it will give us exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And just another reminder, if you want to help us out with a do- donation, please visit our Kofi page at Kofi.com. That's K-O-F-I.com. And our handle is at L- is LTL1917. You can follow us there. And again, any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. You can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or on any of our social media profile pages. And if you do donate, we will give you a shout out yeah. on our next episode. And we want to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything they do. Um, Fortunately, I think this is like the, I don't know if it's, I shouldn't randomly say it's the 20th wave or whatever we're in, but um, I think it's the sixth wave. uh, (laughs) I think it's the sixth (laughs) <laughs> the sixth wave and um and but without our health care workers and everything that they're doing for us and, and first responders, it's um it's amazing what they do for us. Yes, and it's hard to believe we are closing in on completing our first eighty-two game season of the podcast. And the best is still to come. We will be back talking leaves again in a couple of weeks. So go leaves go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done.